Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first and, uh, I guess you'd call it the pilot episode of Midwest Magic. I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm your, uh, one of your co-hosts, Chris Kulo, uh, on the line with me today and, uh, hopefully, uh, all the days, uh, is Kyle Lewis. Kyle, how you doing? Good, Chris. Uh, hopefully all the days indeed. Uh, happy to be here. Happy to be recording this podcast. Uh, so let's get to it. Me too. Uh, first of all, just a little bit about uh, who we are and why we're why you're listening to us. Um, we are so premise of the show is Midwest Magic. Um, we're here to talk about magic in all of its flavors, uh, kind of in what's going on here in the Midwest with magic. And so, I've been a native Clevelander for my uh, my whole time. On this earth, and uh, Kyle, you as well. Correct. So, I hope we can maybe give you a little unique perspective into maybe uh, what's going on in this part of the world for magic. So, uh, and this is actually a good week that to start this podcast. Uh, that's because, uh, as Kyle uh, just informed me, you just came off of a hot wind, didn't you? I did. Uh, yeah, we had a. Star City Games Invitational Qualifier, right in beautiful Streetsboro, Ohio, um, the borough. Um, and yeah, I was able to take that down. I was playing the exact same 75 cards that Tom Ross played at the SCG Open in June, where he got first. Um, did not know a ton about the deck going into the event. I played three games with it at, at uh, FNM, and then just uh, played it the next day. Deck sweet. Um, did not lose a match, actually. Uh, first of all, I want to compliment you on your humble brag. That's very, very <laughs> sick, of, very sick of you. My pleasure. <laughs> so uh, this was the IQ at Empire uh, Game Center, right? Yes, home of the mythical Carl. <laughs> yeah, the one, the only. Um, so, what? Uh, what I guess did, was the? What did you notice about the IQ while you were there? You said you were playing Tom Ross's. Uh, uh, white weenie, I guess. What what made you land on that deck for this event? Well, um, the last standard paper tournament I played was a couple weeks ago, and I played green-black aristocrats, and I like that deck a lot, and it's kind of unplayable now, um, and I did not really want to throw down for green-white tokens, like right before rotation. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that Really, my big incentive for going into this deck was I thought it would be a good deck for the Star City Open that's going to be happening like after Eldritch Moon launches, but before the Pro Tour. So it's going to oh, be a okay. real volatile metagame, you know? Right. Oh, that's right. We get uh, we get that one here. Like that's uh, week one, right? It is. Yeah, SCG Columbus Open um, is going to be week one of Eldritch Moon. That's right. That's right. So that'll be a very interesting event as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was what sort of drew me towards the deck. Also, low investment cost. It's like 150 bucks for the deck. Um, and I didn't think it was the best deck. I went into the weekend like firmly convinced that it was a mistake to not be playing green-white or mm -hmm. one of the Bant Company decks. Mm -hmm. um, but the deck absolutely overperformed. It's way better than I thought it was. Um, I really didn't feel like I was like even, like, not a dog, but really, like, at a disadvantage in any of my matches. Like, they all just went very smoothly, and the deck ran really well. That's, that, that's, I will, you know, the thing with the deck, it's, like, it's the deck that can make the best use out of Declaration Stone, I feel like. 
that's a thousand percent true. And I feel uh, that's that's pretty big game uh, to be able to use that to like you know the 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 most effectiveness. Yeah, I've been playing green white tokens online, and in that deck, it's really a liability because you can't close out the game quickly. So usually you play one or like two in the sideboard, and those basically only come in against um, mono white humans. Mm-hmm. Um, but with mono white humans, you can actually close the game out before they're able to crack the clues. So it actually just becomes incredible. It becomes more like Maelstrom Pulse than anything for two mana. Yeah, yeah. The the evolution of the deck is is a little weird too, going to this kind of uh, red, but not really. Um, you know, four battlefield forges in the main, and then the needle spires in the side. Yeah, the thought process behind that is like there's no real cost to playing the pain lands. Like they still come into play untapped. Um, you don't really care about your life total in any matchup other than the mirror because you're so much faster than literally everything else. Um, and then it's sort of ingenious in that out of the sideboard, it gives you two cards that both give you a lot of reach. Needle Spires, which of course dodges Languish, and uh, the Bushwhacker, which just gives you the ability to sort of like win out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. The, the Surge cost is just so attainable too because your deck has so many one-drops. Um, and it lets you put more lands in the deck because you have usually you cut two planes and you put in four Needle Spires. So you go up from 17 to, like, 19 lands, mm-hmm. I think. So it allows you to, like, play a little bit higher of a curve. Um, it's a really well-designed sideboard, cool. which I take the zero credit for. <laughs> an, an honest man. Yeah, Tom Ross is 75, straight rips. He's, he's right and smart and bad every time. <laughs> how, many, how many times did you get the KO with the Needle Spires? Uh, zero. I don't know that I ever played one. I, I played one game against a Languish deck. Uh, no, I think two matches against a Languish deck. Um, in one game, I did a ton of burst damage with a Goblin. Um, mm-hmm. I never activated a Needle Spires. All right, well. <laughs> but uh, right and smart, obviously. Yeah, a majority of my games were against... Um, I played the Mirror once, I think. Mm-hmm. I played uh, Collected Company... I want to say at least twice, and then I played green-white tokens at least twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the majority of the matchups, and you barely saw it. In all of those matchups, actually, I only take out two cards and bring in two cards. And it's you take out two of the Savannah Lions for a Silk Wrap and a, uh, a fourth Griff Spoon. Shout out to Griff, my gotcha. enemy. Gotcha. So with... Uh... I guess with the tournament, you know, you said you kind of listed off what you were playing against. Um, Do you see anything kind of cool or unique difference in at the top tables, or has standard kind of uh, kind of plateau, not plateau, but uh, been figured out? Um, It was kind of settled. It's pretty settled. Um, A lot of the top tables was Bant Company. There was another um, humans player who made top eight as well. Um, there was, uh, quite a bit of green-white tokens, um, and a few players playing black-white control. Um, nothing really that stood out, uh, as the tournament sort of progressed. I played against a little bit of a brew in round two, Mm -hmm. uh, where I got caught against, uh, this guy actually sort of had the nuts against me. He had, a Radiant Flames, and then later that game he played, uh, Dragonlord Dramoka. 
wow. So it was like sort of like a Naya list, but like yeah. a little bit uh, some rogue choices. But I, I was able to top deck the Declaration Stone to beat the Dragon Lord Dramoka, so got away from that one. Very talented. Yeah, it's it's my best talent. Um, <laughs> Naya Naya lands into the battlefield tapped. Yeah, it's actually so good. Every time I saw an Evolving Wilds this weekend, it's just like, let's go. You're right, yeah. You get to get the hands together, you're like, oh, right. Yeah, because if you're doing that on turn two, A, you're not playing Sylvan Advocate, and B, <laughs> I, I just feel really great about my prospects at that point. Right, right, yeah. yeah the, no Advocate on two, It's you're looking you're looking fine. You really are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess what was uh what was the you said like uh, there was this kind of you never felt like too disadvantaged did you ever feel like uh, I guess what was the, what was the, you, you kind of mentioned advocate uh, offhandedly but was there a card that you kind of ran into or you're like oh you know not this um really advocate like the best thing they can do against you is play advocate on turn two but it's sort of expected because like it's in every deck pretty much that matters. Mm-hmm. So your deck is like pretty very well equipped to beat Advocate. Um, the most common play on turn one is uh, uh, Town Gossip Monger, and so that will usually flip into a two three on turn two, and then even if you have just nothing, like you just have to attack on turn three, you mm-hmm. pay two mana, you kill their Advocate if they block you. It's great. And like right. And then even if you just play, like, Savannah Lions, if you go into, like, a turn three uh, Always Watching or, like, a Thalia's Lieutenant, your Savannah Lions can trade up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have a lot of counterplay against it, but it is uh, pretty much, like, the best card they can have. Yeah. I guess another card that's, like, sort of a bane, but it's really more of a way to close out the game is uh, Eldrazi Displacer is... Um, that deck, that card can really uh, end your winning chances in a big hurry. Yeah. Especially in combination with uh, Reflector Mage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess with the company decks, um, you said you saw a lot of company decks. Have they also kind of settled? Because you said green black. I know. I know you played that in the the one at uh, the one over at uh, Great Lakes. I did. Uh, the tournament over there a couple weeks ago, we played green black and uh, but um, I guess what were you noticing the company decks kind of settling on? Yeah, well, there was none of that anymore, unfortunately. Um, but that's that's in the distant past. So the company decks we've been seeing lately have been either Bant humans, which sort of relies on uh, Thalia's lieutenant for like big burst slings and sort of like surprise like bust to their creatures, mm-hmm. and. Uh, this sort of like non-humans company deck that plays more of like the tireless trackers and the Eldrazi displacers and just really just starts to start to get amazing value between Jace, Nissa, tireless tracker, Duskwatch recruiter, just so many, anything you could possibly want for drawing cards all on like these very efficient creatures that can beat down very effectively. Right. Right. That deck was really the only company deck I saw getting played and it just, I've been playing against it on Moto a lot. It just seems a lot stronger to me than the other company deck. Yeah, I, I've I've been jamming a couple games with the uh, human com- the, the human company deck, mm-hmm. and uh, I tried the the cutesy list with the displacers in there. Yeah, and uh, it it I mean it did the job. It does it does what it does. But um, yeah, I think I think you just settle on those value creatures though, and I mean you can't go wrong. 
Right. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's it's a fine deck, the the Thalia's Lieutenant deck. But from the perspective of red white, I feel like you can hang with that for quite a while because mm-hmm. you have your own Thalia's Lieutenant. Um, so you really aren't getting outclassed by their creatures that quickly. Right. Um, whereas you know, if they just play an Eldrazi Displacer and they start bouncing your guys with Reflector Mage, the game's pretty much over. If not that turn, within the next couple turns, like I mean, once they start getting into like six mana and they're just bouncing everything, um, not a lot you can do at that point. Right. Yeah. But hopefully, you know, you kill them before they hit their six land drop and yeah, all that. I mean, yeah. I guess I guess when you put it that way, like if you're just trying to play a lieutenant game, like you're playing the better like lieutenant game. Oh yeah. So you know they they're they're trying to waste their time with Dustwatch recruiters and uh, you know Thraben inspectors and or and you're just, you know, Savannah Lion, hit you, go. Like, right. The deck's that, very much um, about opening a window. You play, like, basically three one-drops in your first two turns, and then either, like, a Thalia's Lieutenant or an Always Watching or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And then you just have, like, two to three turns where everything you have is just bigger than anything they could possibly have. Right. And that's really what gives the deck... That's basically, like, the whole is, like, you just take advantage of, like, those two to three turns of just being bigger than them. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's basically, um, sometimes, like, you just pressure their life total enough that they have to make horrible trades and they just can't come back. Sometimes you kill them outright, and sometimes you spoon them to death, which is pretty common, I've found. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, just throw, throw, the, throw the griff on them. Yeah, not a lot of defense for uh, a fast-flying creature in this format. Nothing really before Avacyn, honestly. Right. Yeah, just give him the Griff. Give him the Griff. Shout out to Griff. Shout out. Big Griffs. So, um, well, that's cool. Any any other notes about the IQ? Um, uh, what I, I guess, uh, where, where were players coming from for this? Um, well, we had some regulars. We had some of the guys from Great Lakes uh, over in Menor. Uh, we had some of the regulars from Empire, like from the general, like, Streetsboro area. Yeah. Um, and a couple guys came from really far. Some guys came from, like, Dayton area. Um who, like, dropped early, and they were asking me, like, how far it was to Cedar Point and stuff. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah, it was pretty tight. Yeah. Uh, we had some guys coming from, like, as far as, like, Philadelphia, actually, yeah. which was pretty surprising. Yeah, dude, too bad Geauga Lake uh, still isn't, you know, you could just send them there. I know, literally, like, ten minutes away. <laughs> exactly. It would be so good. Yeah, scrub, um, scrub out, go, go roller coasters. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you if you haven't visited Streetsboro, Ohio, it's a cool <laughs> place. Uh, I actually love Streetsboro. I know mm-hmm. it's it's it can be uh, polarizing to people who who know and love it, but um, for sure, they're having another very, mo- very diplomatic. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't know. What can I say? I would totally consider living there. You have like all the businesses. Like it's really cheap to live there, and you're right by Empire. So that's like sort of what I'm looking. Right, yeah, no, I mean, having having an IQ in your backyard is, like, pretty sweet. It's pretty great. And they're having another one next weekend, which is really exciting. I'm happy that uh, Empire is running, like, these big events. They're having a modern IQ on Saturday that I intend to play in, so that'll yeah. be exciting. Yeah, same, same. Like, it, it's it's definitely, we're spoiled. We're spoiled. Right, we are. Having that, I mean, people driving from Philly, I'll, I'll pass on that, thank you. Yeah, not going, not going all the way out there. No. <laughs> So cool, cool. Uh, any any kind of uh, final thoughts on the IQ? You know? Um, it was a really good event. If you guys are listening and you haven't been to an event at Empire before, I would I would totally check it out. Um, you probably if you have been playing Magic for quite a while, particularly like in this area, you probably know or know of Carl from events. It's his shop. 
really great play space. Uh, we always have like a, like a, a good judge um, on the events. Dave does the judging. He's always does a good job. Uh, just really well run events, um, and it's a you know cool place, good store. Definitely. And if you like that plug, uh, we're willing to sell out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> I I am not getting paid to say this, but we have we are we are spoiled, as Chris K said. We have a lot of really nice shops in the area that we just personally both like really love. Shout out to uh, I guess since we're doing shout outs, Great Lakes Game Emporium. Uh, love playing up there, and then of sure. course Mr. Cards and Comics. They have, they have great chairs. Oh my god, the best chairs. They have, that's, they have great that's beyond dispute. And the dr- best best drafters I have ever met in my life, professional or otherwise, play at, at Great Lakes Game Emporium. Don't make them blush. It's true. <laughs> I don't. I don't know better drafters. I really don't. I think they're they're very good. Yeah. Well, if. If you like these plugs, uh, <laughs> these are these are free because it's the pilot episode. But uh, you know, we're we're willing to sell out, is all we're saying. Absolutely, we have, we have no integrity. No zero integrity. Lots of student debt. Playing a very <laughs> expensive card game. It's, so, <laughs> by all means, throw money at us. <laughs> very open. Very open. <laughs> uh, cool. So, um, kind of moving away from standard a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. We want to talk about uh, kind of a little bit more, I guess, Magic Online focus, but uh, also uh, recently paper. Uh, uh, there was a recent paper event, Legacy, mm-hmm. um, just kind of with the Eternal Masters that came out and the, the Legacy Festival coming up on on Moto and GP Columbus. Uh, it seemed like a a good time to kind of talk about uh, Legacy. So um, I actually know you just put together uh, Storm. And uh, yes. I, before, right before we recorded this, I, I overheard you, uh, you know, furiously clicking on the mouse <laughs> for, the, for the same target. Yes. Button. So, uh, so how's how's your first foray? Well, not first foray, I guess. You know, back at Game Wizards, we used to you know, food chain and all that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I guess your uh, recent revisiting of Legacy going. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, back when we were both. Just barely in high school, uh, casual vintage was our format of choice. Uh, Chris K, you had a, a mean oath of druids deck. Yep. Um, I had a food chain goblins deck and and tools and tubbies, which is one of my favorite magic decks of all time. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, that deck was some kind of wonderful. But my only real experience playing Legacy was I played Burn and almost mized my way into day two at the last Legacy Grand Prix in Columbus. Don't, hey, don't sell yourself short. There was uh, Origins where you played Stasis. That's true. I, I forgot about that. I went I went one and two at a, at a at an event in Origins. I This was when Countertop was just by far the best. I mean, it's still arguably the best deck, but everybody had four Corrosion Grips in their board. And I played against a 50-year-old man playing uh, Goblins. Right. <laughs> And I, I got him in the Stasis Chronotog lock, and he played out his 54 or however many turns, just drawing his whole deck, getting progressively more upset. Um, and so people people took notice at that yeah. mono blue Stasis. Uh, I forgot about that. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I, I didn't. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I did. Just because of that Goblins player, that, I, I didn't. He, he really he did make that trip. He came to play, <laughs> and he played. Yeah. Well, well, he sort of he played a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, that's a loose definition of played, but yeah, he didn't untap a lot, um, no. but he did draw cards. Yep, he sat there. He did. 
Um, so this is like my first uh, time building like a competitive legacy deck and trying to beat people uh, who aren't 50 year old men with goblin decks. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, as- not Aegis, by the way, not Aegis, of course. Right, no, not at all. Shout out to He was 50. He was, as a point of fact, 50 or, or higher in the age range, just to give you an idea. The kids who were corrosion gripping me were younger than myself. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, I'm playing Storm, Ad, uh, Ad Nauseam Storm, um, in Legacy. It's very fun. I've enjoyed playing Storm decks in the past. I played Storm in Modern. Mm-hmm. Played uh, High Tide towards the end of our casual vintage days. Back yeah. In the day. yeah, you did. Um, so it's very fun. I've killed a couple people on turn one. Um, I'm still very much uh, learning the deck. This is like yeah. a third league playing it. Um, but it's very interesting. Um, it's sort of like, I know a lot of Storm players say this, but if you enjoy sort of like puzzling out uh, how to win every game and really like thinking about uh, each and every game action, it's mm-hmm. a very interesting deck. It gives you um, a lot of chance to sort of flex your your mental muscles and, and try and like outplay your opponent's counter spells and stuff. So it's very cool. So you can seem very very smart and hot. And, yeah. And flex. Yeah, pretty much. Like I, I want to just like shuffle it up in paper one time and just like make people swoon. <laughs> right. Like, as I tendrils them. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're playing and you're you're playing it and. You know, you're, you're like, crack my lotus petal, add black, and they're like, oh my god, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> they're just leaning, like, elbow on the table, head in palm, <laughs> just like, yeah, that's, okay, resolve. Resolve. Throwing our, throwing our hair. <laughs> right, and they just tendrils you, and they're like, yeah, you, you win. <laughs> just real bashful. Looking <laughs> <laughs> real bashful. So that's, uh, that's, what's your biggest, uh, you said you're still learning it, what's your biggest flub so far? Have you had one? Uh, definitely. Um, let's see. Uh, the one that, like, was most painful, I punted one to, like, Delver, where I just, like, didn't have enough mana. Like, I mean, that's sort of, like, a common, uninteresting one. It's, like, you just play all your cards, and you just realize you, you don't have enough to storm them out, and then, Mm -hmm. so don't, like, I... I stormed him nine times and, like, put him to two. Jeez. I also didn't have enough mana to, like, play anything else. Right. So it's just like, eh, well, maybe I'll draw Dastin Flames or the second Tendrils. Just get that last two points of damage in. <laughs> it was pretty very wrong and bad. Right, um, right. You you weren't, what you're saying, you weren't, uh, they weren't swooning over you that game. They, they were not. They were beating me mercilessly with um, mm-hmm. things like the operations. Right. Mercilessly three points at a time. That's that's the only way. Indeed. Um, but Legacy is, is sort of more of your... You've been playing Legacy for considerably longer than I have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I uh, So I, I made the trip out to Grand Prix Columbus, actually. I made the trip down there. Um, and the tournament was, like, pretty, uh, pretty uneventful aside from... Um, aside from, actually, the, the morning of for me. Um, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if, uh, I, I think I told you, I think you're privy to this story. So it's, uh, it's the weekend of the Grand Prix and like, I've been planning to go for this, to this for like a while. Like, you know, uh, I've had, what I'm saying is I've had time to like get my, my ducks in a row here. Right. Right. And so it's Friday night and like, I just started a new job where like, you know, I have to be up at 6am. So like I get tired, I'm a you know sleepy baby. Right. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I'll just drive in the morning. Like, it's easier for me to wake up and um, than it is for me to drive at night. Mm-hmm. 
uh, which is like, if any, you know, for anyone listening that knows me, like that's very uh, counter to like how I normally behave. <laughs> right. That's like the opposite. That's like what I would do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, and so, um, so I'm just like, I'll just drive in the morning. I'll just, whatever. So I get up at like, you know, I actually, so this is where like, you know, the story is like, oh, my alarm didn't go off. Like, no, I got up and I was like, well, ahead, like well on schedule. I stopped and like, I was able to get breakfast and like be awake and hey, I was feeling good. So I'm driving down and uh, I get there and I notice there's like kind of like low foot traffic. And uh, so whatever, didn't think much of it at the time, but in retrospect, like it stands out to me now. And I get in, and, like, there's not many people around the dealer, or the the art people outside. And, like, RK Post is there, and there's usually a lot of people at RK Post stand. True. Uh, you know, for his for his dank-ass tokens. They are very dank. And so, um, I actually, like, I, I take a second and I stop at RK's booth, like, <laughs> grab some elemental tokens, because no one's, like, at the, the short line. I'm like, oh, cool, I need elemental tokens for my young pyromancers. I walk in and I notice that everyone's sitting. Oh, it's like, yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, like sorry. what is what is going on here? Like people sitting means playing means round has started, right? Um, and so uh, lo and behold, uh, to kind of wrap wrap this story up, um, I was late. It started at nine uh, instead of ten, and out of sheer arrogance of me being like. I've been to enough of these. I know what time they start. I just just missed the first round. Wow. So so that was pretty embarrassing. What was your record after day one? Day one, I ended at X and four. So it would have made the difference, potentially, if you won. Yes. That's that's pretty (laughs) savage. I hadn't, like, crunched the numbers on that, but yeah, crunched the, the one number. Don't don't remind me. I, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No no needed for no need for the reminder. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I got my round one loss and like it gets even sicker. Like if I would have filled out my um, deck sheet the night before, like I could have played the first round um, because I got there with forty three minutes on the clock. And oh yeah uh, yeah yeah it was so it was it was a pretty uh, brutal start. Yeah. Um. But uh, GP Columbus was cool. It was actually, it was run really well um, for, like, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, with, you know, 1,500 plus people, there's always going to be complications. Right. But uh, it was a nice, it, it was run by Pez. If, like, if you're from, the, the you know, the Midwest, you're familiar with Pez. Right. Um, it was run by Pez, and, like, they, they just, and this was another one you weren't at, but uh, GP Pittsburgh last year modern right and to say the least it was like unplayable that tournament like i i did read the memes on twitter (laughs) (laughs) it did sound pretty bad yeah it was it was embarrassing and so uh for them to kind of turn around and for gp columbus like they they kind of they were on their game so they at least like did something uh better i guess i'm glad to hear that because I, I have fond memories of their events back in the day uh which were very good like back right. the early days of origins right yeah you get the origins events you know you get the the booster you know booster draft guy yeah and a lot of ptqs really the, a lot of the columbus ptqs oh, yeah. when we were younger were pez events yeah they were and they i think they did even the the pre-releases before they the pre-releases went stores yeah the one we went to was that that was the only one i went to and I, yeah. you were with me is that also your only uh like 
regional, yeah. I guess, pre-release for original yeah. Ravnica. It had yeah. to have been. Yeah. I don't, uh, I wouldn't, yeah, I only went to that. But yeah, they used to do all that stuff. So, like, you're familiar with them if you're from, like, if you've played Magic for any amount of time here in the Midwest. But, um, so they, they did all right. Uh, it ran smoothly, and, like, it, it ended, like, on a reasonable hour, which was cool. But, uh, so, like, the big thing going into this GP was, like, the question of whether or not, like, Eldrazi, right? The big question mark was after Eldrazi. Right. And, um, you know, is it going to be this kind of workshops menace cloud over legacy? And it turns out that, like, nah, not really. Um, it's just, like, it's just another slice of the pie at this point. Yeah, I, I was, when I was looking at legacy decks, that's sort of the impression I got, was that it was so, definitely something you could be doing, but um, not by any means the only thing. I, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, Miracles was the most played deck at that event, at least in day two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's always weird, because they always break up the Delver um, categories. That's true. So, like... The Delver and Mir like the Delver strategy and Miracles is always kind of like close. Right. Um if you group all the flavors of Delver together. But like the the big question mark was Eldrazi and like is it gonna take over Legacy? Like is it is it that good? Mm-hmm. Um I played against it twice and I beat it once and lost to it once. And um I, I don't know, their hands where they like their their good hands are Real good. <laughs> yeah. And you just, you don't feel like there's a way that you can beat the deck in your entire life. <laughs> right. Um, but, like, the hands where that's not the case, like, it's a pretty embarrassing deck. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they, they look pretty embarrassed. Um, but other than that, like, I got a pretty, like, I, I got a pretty, like, big sampling of what Legacy had to offer um, at the tournament. Like, I, it was... Uh, it was pretty good. I played against Goblins, which was, like, a blast from the past. Yeah, how'd that match go? Uh, I lost. I lost that match pretty uh, pretty handedly on the back of a uh, Key Pyrotechnics. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. That card is uh, real savage. Yeah. And you're uh, playing, uh, just to reiterate, Grixis Delver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, sorry that I didn't say that initially. Yeah, I'm playing Grixis Delver at this event. And, um, pretty, pretty stock list. Um, I ended up going with, uh, Stifle in the main board for this event. Um. Anything in particular inspire that? Yeah, so, the lists have been getting away from, like, Stifle for a while. Um, so much that they're down to, like, zero copies main deck. Um, and a lot that you'll see. But, um... I don't have any buys at Grand Prix because I just, I'm not in that grind life anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I had to play, you know, full nine rounds um, right. on day one. And so my reasoning was like, uh, day one of a GP, less experienced players, um, more likely to run into Stifle and give me free wins. Yeah, just stifling their fetch. Exactly. Like, uh, okay, cute. This is like your first legacy tournament. Stifle your fetch land. Beat you with a Delver. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like, st- like it would definitely would it would have been much worse day two had I made day two. Um, but I felt like like I had to get past nine rounds first, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then like worry about day two. And I felt like having a having Stifle 
gave me kind of an edge. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And so I, I, uh, I had that. Um, I had a clutch moment where, um, a card that I bought, uh, at one of the vendors, like before the, you know, before I started my tournament, uh, which was around late. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, I had to, I had to pick up a copy of Darkness. Okay. Uh, so for, uh, those, uh, it's one black. Um, all white creatures get minus one, minus one. It's an enchantment. From, oh god. Is that from Alpha? I know mine, I know the one I got was from 6th edition? Okay. Might be. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, pick that up, and, like, just won me a, just felt real good, won me a game against Death and Taxes I had no business winning. Yeah, that's quite a beating for them. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it was, it was one of those games where, like, uh, you know, you, I, I had like a brainstorm ponder in hand and I had like one turn before he was able to un, like untap with his mothers and attach a, uh, attach a GTA to one of them and just like go to town. Right. right? <laughs> just, you know, embarrass me with right. these things. And so, you know, I like, I brainstorm without a fetch and play, just like digging and I, like ponder. And so and I like, I whiff on both of them. Like I'm, you know, I shrug, I have to shuffle on the ponder and I shrug and I pass the turn and. Uh, so this is like, this is it. It goes back to me in like my draw step and like just blank off the top, just darkness. Yes. Feel nice skill. Yeah, it's very, very nice skill. Yep. Well played. Very, very talented. Indeed. Um, so, uh, but I mean, that kind of wraps up like my GP Columbus experience for the most part. Uh, Legacy is always just fun to play in paper at like, uh, at like a high, you know, high stakes environment, like a, like a Grand Prix. Right. Um, you know, it's fun to get together and see like a lot of cool cards that you know people bring, and um, you know, a lot of people have a lot of uh, a lot of you know passion for the format, and like they love their decks and that kind of stuff. So, um, I don't know. It's always funny to me, like people trying to metagame legacy tournaments. Like, oh, what should I play? It's like, dude, just play what you know, uh, play what you want to play, play what sounds fun. Um, there's no metagaming a tournament because a the decks are like a gorillion dollars yeah nice humble brag or nice like stealth brag on the oh what should i play it's like oh which bmw should i drive to the gp <laughs> well see i was gonna i was gonna drive my one bmw halfway down mm-hmm. uh park it at my private garage and then drive my other one from there the rest of the way i like that strategy so you sort of like balance the load on the mm-hmm. you know on the mileage and what have you right exactly or i could have I could have dr- driven my uh, my Mercedes over to the airfield in Kent and then taken my uh, my private jet then down. Yeah, so. that would have been good. Or even like if there's a helipad. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Columbus is they're 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 catching up. They don't have a helipad too close. Well, to, I think uh, I'd have to imagine the hospital has one. They, they might, and you know what? I could maybe. I could maybe rent it out for an hour. Yeah, I mean, just take one of your extra legacy decks and just give them that. That ought to cover it. Yeah, exactly. Be like, do you accept foreign currency? Right, exactly. Give me all, give me all the foreign currency. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, but back to uh, back to how this is how this is relevant. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, well, the the reason I'm saying this, you know, people can't audible decks uh, as as kind of fluidly as they would in like standard, yeah, or for like sure. even modern. Um, you know, people are kind of locked into decks for like a year right years plural yeah um so but i mean 
that was that was GP Columbus. It was cool. It was like I think it was like sixteen hundred people, which is pretty good for uh, a legacy GP. Yeah, for a legacy, that seems like a lot. Yeah, definitely. So it's it's good to see that out there. But um, I mean, that's that's my little that's my little spiel on legacy. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, don't play the legacy format, and uh, but you know, we get our we get our one GP a year. You know, we right. we gotta they gotta show us the uh, the little bit of love that <laughs> that's left. But um. Back to kind of, um, back to kind of standard, but, uh, future, future standard. Yeah. What's going on in the, I want to know what's going on in the future, future league. Right? Yeah. What's going on there? What's, uh, what's Morrow doing? I, I gotta so, know about Morrow's text. <laughs> right. Yeah. What's Morrow playing in, in the <laughs> FFL? Uh, I'm so. Go to the future, future league. <laughs> So uh, with that, uh, we're gonna kind of talk spoilers a little bit. I mean, it's every it's every magic content creator's like dream, right? Yeah. Oh my god, tough money. Time of the year. Yeah, I just get to like look at something and like guess and just give you my unqualified opinion and just like hype up stuff. Yeah. You just get to like Evan Irwin it the whole way. <laughs> Liliana, the last hope. Are you kidding me? You guys are gonna want to get your pre-orders in early on this planeswalker. We're gonna be blackballed for this. <laughs> <laughs> Someone somewhere is gonna is be like Evan. <laughs> we have another. He knows what he sounds like. We have their IQ. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So so, but but that Liliana though. Yeah. Uh, that's a good place to start. Right. Um. Uh. So for uh for those that don't have the internet or you know, um, aren't you know, live or live in a cabin in the woods. Uh, Liliana, the last hope is uh, planeswalker one and black, black. Uh, it's plus one is up to one target creature gets minus two, minus one until your next turn. Uh, minus two, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Then you may return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand. And then her emblem minus seven, you get an emblem with, at the beginning of your end step, put X two two black zombie creatures uh, creature tokens onto the battlefield, where X is two plus the number of zombies you control. So uh, thoughts? Uh, it's a lot better. Um, I just want to state for the audience, I, I can barely read um, because I looked at this card before and I thought the minus seven was like a one shot. Um, but that's so much better because now it, it actually does things like without you having to have like a massive board already, it just basically gives you inevitability with zombies. Mm -hmm. Um, so that makes that ability way better. Liter whole, literacy is a very important skill to have for Magic the Gathering. A, a lot of mistakes can be fixed with improved literacy. That's very true. Um, pretty much reading and counting are really all you have to be able to do to be able to play this game. So mm -hmm. if you can do half, you're probably going to be sort of okay. Right, yeah. Did you pass third grade? All right, well, yeah, you could probably play this game. Yeah, pretty much. I wrote my deck list out the night before for, for this IQ. I'm so happy I did. Because I, I have, like, literal dyslexia, and I've gotten, like, so many game losses for an incorrectly filled out deck list. Mm -hmm. It was... I, I'm going to do it every time. Now. Did you run it past your editor? <laughs> I, I should have, uh, but I but I did not. I almost miscopied it too because I had like I, I wrote one thing on every line and then I was like one short, so I smushed this thing over and thought like eh, I'll remember, and I did not remember until we were at the player. Meeting. 
but then I was able to write it in. That's so sick. Yeah, it was pretty bad. That's so sick. Judge, uh, Judge Mark had to give me a, a game loss. Opera Mark. Uh, oh, at the GP? It, no, not at the GP. It, it, oh. <laughs> that would, oh my god, that would have been. Uh, I would have been so sad. Uh, no, he had to give me a game loss at a at a PTQ in Canton because uh, I I misread Garrick when Flip Garrick was in Standard. Oh man, yeah, that's the word. You just wrote Garrick down. I just wrote Garrick, and uh, there was Flip Garrick and five mana Garrick at the time. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, and it, like, and Opera Mark had to give him a game loss, and you know, Opera Mark's like cool dude, coolest dude, and I, you know, I was just sad. Was yeah. Sad. And he was sad. He was sad with me. Well, of course, he's an empathetic guy. Right, exactly. Um, I did that once with, I wrote just Pulse Down. Oh, yeah. My Jun days, and there was like another horrible card in the format that was like Pulse of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, a, that was a beating. PSA, kids. Write out the whole card. The whole card name, kids. Whole card. So, uh, <laughs> back to, uh, back to want, Liliana, though. I do that, want to talk about Liliana. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like three mana Flameswalkers. Uh, Liliana's Bay, probably my favorite character. Next Are you to saying Jace. best girl? Best girl in, yeah, because, like, magic standards, by far. Mm-hmm. By far best girl. I, I Like, probably Jace is my favorite character. Liliana's, like, right there, number two, uh, as far as, like, modern characters go. Um, I think she seems pretty good, like, plus one to maybe remove something. Like, if you compare to uh, Flip Jace, sure. her plus one is strictly better than Flip Jace's plus two, other right. than the loyalty. And, like, you get to sometimes kill something, that's got to feel very good. Mm-hmm. Minus two is um, somewhere between draw a card and demonic tutor, depending on, like, how you're... <laughs> wow! <laughs> I mean, you're giving yourself a lot of room on that one. Well, it's a high variance ability. Um, you're going to put two cards in your graveyard, so it's it's actually the difference between potentially stone nothing... Mm-hmm. and demonic tutor because if you need exactly one creature and that's what you get um and it's going to depend on like what kind of creatures they give us you know like because you need liliana is asking for certain kinds of cards to be available to you right um like in i'm sort of remembering like when unholy grotto was in standard if you oh, want to sure. get deloreans oh uh, yeah you want to you want to kind of give yourself a timestamp there that's yeah wow. yeah like you could get back cards like, you could get back Undead Gladiator, draw a card. You could get back uh, Gem Palm Polluter, drain life. Right. You could get back a body. Like, that's what this Liliana wants. It wants, like, a variety of effects and mana costs to make this ability really relevant. Definitely. So you're saying it wants cycling. <laughs> you have to... Cycling would be great. Um, you definitely yeah. have to build your deck around Liliana, I think, in a pretty major way. For this card yeah. The so the, one of the interesting... Um, I'll, I'll bring up kind of one of the... You know, uh, voices in the void of Twitter uh, that I saw, but um, Kibler actually compared this a little bit to Domri Raid. Um, I, so, I see where he's coming from in like a three-mana Planeswalker that basically defines how the rest of your deck is built. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of surprised he didn't compare it to like Nat Pagel. <laughs> yeah, Hearthstone, little crossover, nice. I, 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 I caught it, I caught it. Yeah, yeah. I caught it. I'm, I'm underhanding it to the listeners. Yeah, that's that's good of you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Chris K. Uh, I'll take my uh, I'll take my Nobel Peace Prize later. <laughs> but uh, so so okay. Let, let's look at the plus one, the minus two, minus one, because I, I think that right, you have to kind of 
how good is that? Like, okay, so what one toughness creatures are floating around, like, in standard now that, like, you could get? What's important to get with that? Right now, against, like, Thalia's Lieutenant is probably the best thing you could kill. Okay. Uh, Doesn't stay at one toughness for long, but yeah. Typically, that's true. Um, I mean, it has plenty of hits in uh, against the White Humans deck, which is definitely not where a card like this is going to thrive, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, it hits plant tokens, which will probably end up being at least somewhat relevant. Sure. Um, there, It does blank a Sylvan Advocate. Oh, that's pretty important. Damage at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something. Um, and like it trades with, uh, it makes a trade like uh, with you know two power, two power things. I mean that's okay. I can yeah, see that. That's not to be um, like neglected or anything. And it's another thing where like depending on what creatures you have, like the ability to trade up advantageously becomes, mm-hmm. um, like a two one for example, being able to kill and live through fighting a Sylvan Advocate is some kind of wonderful. Um, if you were to play this in, like, a junk, like a Abzan-style deck, like being able to synergize the plus one with a Dromoka's Command is potentially something you could look to do. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, there's not, there isn't really any particular creature that's like, you know, this is gonna Stands be killing out. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, like, Llanowar Elf that, you know, this is just gonna get. Right, which would be savage. Hell, that would be. My god. Because by the time uh, this comes down, a lot of the two ones from a deck like humans are going to not be two ones anymore. Right, yeah, it's just, it's too late. Right. Too late. Um, cool, so so where where are you landing on Liliana right now? I'm interested, um, but not optimistic that she'll see play before rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is sort of just something you could echo with a lot of these Eldritch Moon cards. It's like they are potentially powerful, um, but are they more powerful than what we're doing right now? Collected Company is just such a good card. Mm-hmm. Um, the curve of... And that's actually probably really the most prolific thing, because it demands that you basically play 30 creatures in your deck, so there's not a lot of room for, like, you know, Planeswalkers sure. or anything like that. Right. Um, Gideon Nissa is so powerful. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... There's not really, like, a black deck that you could just, like... You're going to have to build around this card. for one. Right. Um, and it doesn't really slot into any existing deck. So if a, a home for Liliana crops up, it'll definitely be a deck that I'm interested in. Um, but I don't see any obvious home for her. Yeah, no, I'm with there. I don't know. Standard feels a little like a two, two-color two game right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the other... The, uh, the other parts of the color pie just aren't... Don't have a home, really. No, it's uh, Selesnia dominance right now. Definitely. Um, so with Liliana, uh, I want to. I want a quick. I want a quick. Uh, this is going to be a hot take from you. Okay? okay. Best oath flavor text: Oath of Liliana or Oath of Chandra? <sighs> um, that's so tough because I like Liliana more as a character, and they both sort of subvert what came before them. Mm-hmm. Because so for. For those for those that uh, may not be um, familiar with the with the flavor texts, uh, which I mean that's a little embarrassing on your part. You should feel pretty silly um, of these. I don't know uh, if your mom would you, still would you, like, would you like to take the oath of Chandra? Sure. 
Um, we'll just go ahead and spoon feed this. I don't know if you all eat with knives and forks now, um, but we can just go ahead and spoon feed you for... Just, just grab the spoon. Yep. So, Oath of Chandra. I'm not going to bother with any of the rules text. Um, right, but well, the, it, it, that doesn't matter. <laughs> the flavor text is, if it means that people can live in freedom, yeah, I'll keep watch. So that, so there's our Oath of Chandra, and then now our Oath of Liliana. Yep, take it away. I'll keep watch. Happy now? Oh! Oh, oh man. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, oof, little edgy. Little, little very edgy. Boy. Um. So where do you land on this? Oh, my God. You're asking me to choose. It's like asking you to pick a child. Um. Well, you, you have to. There's a gun to Oath of Oath of Chandra. <laughs> Going with the classic. It's just like, it's like a Green Day song in flavor text. And even though I like Chandra considerably less as a character, and I, I do appreciate uh, how the Liliana one like comes late, and it's like, <laughs> God, fine, happy. Right, yeah. Well, it's just, it's it's that yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, the like, yeah. Com- comma, yeah, comma. Right. Like, the positive yeah. If it wasn't for that, it would just be normal flavor text. It's too good. It's too good. So that settles that, uh, the great debate of our time. So hard. Uh, and then <laughs> going going from Os, uh, just a, a little, like, uh, the Deploy the Gatewatch. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about Deploy the Gatewatch? First of all, want to say it. Uh, it sounds like the Gatewatch is a Pokemon, and you're, de- you know, uh, deploy, it's a weird, it's a weird verb there. Yeah, um, it is sort of like that. Um, like, do they live in a Pokeball, and, like, Jay <laughs> sends them out, like, when, you know, the Eldrazi show up? Like, I, I don't know. I, don't I, know. I sort of get more of, like, a Call of Duty vibe, like, from them, like, they're on their <laughs> deployment in Innistrad, um, but I definitely do see where you're yeah. coming from. Yeah, yeah. It's like you get the you get the fifth you know fifth kill in the kill streak or whatever. And it's like deploy the gate deploy the gatewatch. Quite a perk. Yeah, definitely. So it's collected company for planeswalkers, right? Essentially, you it's four white white for a sorcery. You look at the top seven cards of your library, put up to two planeswalker cards from among them onto the battlefield, put the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. Um, I think this card is probably unplayable. Um, because basically you get to see one more card than you get to see for a collected company. Yep. Um, collected company does not always hit. Um, right. Common wisdom with collected company is if your deck is playing about twenty six land, um, and like, you know, four collected companies, then basically the rest of your cards should be creatures. You can yep. maybe afford to play like two or three more spells. Maybe you're playing less land, whatever. Like four remotes. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So with this, having your deck be dense enough with Planeswalkers where this is going to hit consistently is a big ask. Right. It's also two more mana and a sorcery. Yeah. Um, a, lot, a lot of, uh, I feel a lot of negativity. Yeah, I just, it's a cool What if, follow me here. Uh-huh. Follow me. I'm, I'm following. All right, right. So it's in white, right? Right. All right. So uh, you know who else is in is in white, right? Uh, Gideon? Think think bigger. Soren. That's true. Right? You yeah. have Soren. Right. And, well, because you're playing to play the Gatewatch, you're obviously playing all the come-in-to-play tap lands. 
So right. you have Chandra alongside it. Okay. You just got 12 mana and two Planeswalkers for one card. <laughs> that is a lot. It is. Um, <laughs> it's, it a is. Lot of, it's a lot of things going right. Wait, do, do you know what I just did there? What did you do? I counted and I read. Wow. I know. Wow. I'm, I'm a bit, uh, I think cowed is the verb I'm looking for. I'm, I'm cowed. It's a good one. <laughs> Thank you. It's a good one. That's nice. That's uh, that's an ACT word. Thank you. Yeah. Um, shout out to the ACT. Yeah. So that's uh, competitively deploy the gate watch. Trash. Garbage. Throw it away. Yeah. Put it put it in the bin. Yeah. You're not you're not gonna do it now. Magic. You know, uh, commander. Have fun. Do what you want. Yeah. Whatever floats your boat. Basically impossible to hit on that in commander. <laughs> but I don't know what the hell happens in those games. Yeah. Maybe you can. Even worse. Yeah, I don't know. Stack your deck somehow. Uh, whatever. If you go brainstorm to play the Gatewatch, then I guess sure. There we go. Now, yeah, now we're... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, the last one we want to talk about, uh, save the, you know, the big big daddy for last, Emrakul, the uh, the promised end. Yeah. Um, if any card is going to affect standard out of what's been spoiled, I think it's Emrakul with a bullet. Like... Yeah. Um, the effect is just too big to ignore. Right. So let's, so Emrakul, the Promised End, again, if you've been living under a rock, he costs 13 color, or uh, generic mana, excuse me. Yeah, watch yourself. Yeah, ooh, we'll have someone uh, from Wizards coming after me there. Uh, so 13 generic mana, and it's Emrakul, the Promised End, costs one less to cast for each card type among cards in your graveyard. Super Delirium, otherwise, otherwise known as. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you cast Emrakul, uh, you gain control of target opponent during that player's next turn. After that turn, that player takes an extra turn. Uh, and then flying trample protection from instance. 13-13. Yep. Um, so, big, big daddy Emrakul. Indeed. Uh, mind slaver on a giant monster. Um, I'm excited for him. I am uh, terrified um, and also excited. Yeah. So many 13s. Ooh, spoopy. I like it. I so really sweet. I really like it a lot because I feel like they teased it. Like Emrakul is like the biggest obvious secret of the upcoming set. I feel like even just like at the end of Oath of the Gatewatch, people are like, Where's Emrakul? <laughs> yeah. And then there were a lot of hints. Did you see the hint where um you know the flavor text for Ugin's Insight? Yeah. Um and then that was like there was one word from that flavor text on all the clue tokens, like the yes. don't forget the game is three. Yep. So that was like the basically like, okay, for real. But I mean, I think a lot of people kind of could have guessed at that before that, especially like the name, like Eldritch Moon. Right, right. Well, the, think... the biggest giveaway, I don't know if you uh, you uh, came across this, but when they released like the product lineup for the next, you know, fiscal year or whatever, or uh, quarter or whatever for Magic, mm-hmm. they actually hid the set symbol for Eldritch Moon. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just one of those things like, Tilt your head, like who are you kidding? Right, kind of thing. Like, yeah. okay, this is the biggest tell. Right. Then <laughs> you look at the set symbol; and it's a giant, you know, spaghetti monster. It is. It's a big Cthulhu. Definitely. So, uh, but yeah, def- uh, real excited for Emrakul. I, I want to, you know, I'm I'm crossing my fingers. I'm hoping he gets some play. I think you won't have to keep them crossed very hard because I mean, <laughs> it's an it's this card could regularly cost you know between eight and nine mana. There's already a lot of good ways to ramp. Um, the Mind Slaver effect is just, like, so devastating. Like, the fact that your opponent still gets to have a turn, like, good luck in a lot of cases, because um, it can just 
depending on what's going on. I mean, some decks are more resilient to like this effect than others, but basically like the absolute best case scenario for you as the person getting mind slavered is like your opponent played a 13-13 with a bunch of evasion and you got like um they killed your best creature because they just right. attacked into the 13-13, but it could potentially be much worse. Mhm. Definitely. Uh, only time will tell how much havoc Emrakul wreaks on Innistrad. Yes. Completely. So, um, with that, uh, I think we'll kind of wrap up, uh, spoilers for this week. We kind of touched on some, on some exciting ones there. Touched on the big numbers. Definitely. So, um, with that being said, I think this kind of wraps up our, uh, our pilot episode here, Kyle. Yeah, it's, uh, pretty exciting. I had a good time doing it. I hope that people enjoyed listening to it. Same, I do too. So one of the things that we're going to try and do here um, on this podcast is end with story time, because um, there's a lot of very uh, cool uh, eclectic characters uh, that we've met through magic, and uh, we think it's a travesty that their stories go untold. Yeah, um, you know, like you, you have no control over a lot of things, Chris K. Uh, you have no control over the cards. Uh, you have no control. Who lives, who dies, who tells your story. <sighs> oh, boy. Yep. That's, so, uh, that's good. So uh, I will say uh, for story time uh, this week, Kyle, what, uh, what do you have for us? Um, so I just thought of this story because so, I knew this was coming up, and I wasn't sure what story I would tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like this is sort of in like my greatest hits collection, mm-hmm. um, and it provides a, a decent amount of background. So I've played in uh, exactly one Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. I've played in Pro Tour Amsterdam. Um, I don't remember the year off of the top of my head, but it came out. It was the Pro Tour before Scars of Mirian. Okay. Uh, to give you some idea, and. Uh, it was like the first week of school. Um, I had just moved into college. It was so hot on campus. It was excruciatingly hot. And I remember packing my bags and having the distinct thought that nowhere on earth could possibly be cool. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so how could it? I, I'm jamming my clothes into my bag. I'm like, you know, pretty stressed out about like, you know, flying going i've never been to europe before i'm i need to find like a hostel in the middle of amsterdam i'm i need i'm worried about like doing well at the pro tour um so i'm packing my clothes and it's like 100 degrees there's no ac in my air conditioner so i just pack all shorts i don't even think twice about it and i arrive in amsterdam and my choice i i literally did not pack a single pair of long pants and this was really like a a just double stab in the heart because for one thing it was quite cool um for most of the time where i was there my legs were awful cold um also i don't think like dudes like men over the age of like 10 or 8 like shorts. children people who aren't children wear shorts i just don't think it's like a thing over there yeah um so i was already cold and i was coming back from I think it was like day one of the pro tour, and I, I some I miraculously like made day two. So I'm riding back to the hostel, trying to figure out how I'm going to be able to like get up at the right time in the morning because my cell phone doesn't work. I don't have an alarm clock, and I'm sitting on this train by myself. My legs are cold. I've got my magic backpack and stuff. It's just me, and there's like maybe like four or five like local like 
you know, dudes, couple guys, couple girls, like from Amsterdam, they're speaking Dutch. Right. And, you know, they're having like their own conversation and I'm sitting up by myself. And then I just hear like from the back of the bus that I'm on, why don't we ask our new friend, the man wearing the shorts? <laughs> no, no way. Yeah. I, I don't think I've, it's, Bullshit. no, it's, that's a thousand percent what they said. And I didn't say anything back, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but it was probably the most deeply embarrassing part of the trip for me. Um, I can see why you haven't shared this until now. <laughs> yeah, it was it was quite an event, quite a story. You have no control, this guy. No control, no control. Uh, well, I'd say that's a that's a pretty good start up to our uh, our our. Uh, this will be our compendium of of stories that we have uh, been blessed with through the game of magic. So, uh, with that being said, Kyle, thanks for joining me. That was my pleasure. For this one, and uh, thanks for kind of uh, coming up with this idea. It's pretty cool. And, um, yeah, hopefully we'll be back next week. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Hopefully uh, hopefully it's recorded. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that as well. Yeah, I'm going to ask if it didn't. Yeah, this will be, you know, it'll be like, a, it's like the first day, like, oh, I get, I'll call you, I think, maybe. Right. I don't yeah. know. Gotta get that, once you get that second text back, though, a couple days. Right, yeah. I, well, I can't text you tomorrow to say we'll do our podcast next week. That would be too desperate. No, that would be very desperate. Yeah, it's, there's definitely a sweet spot in there somewhere between mm-hmm. actual next week and tomorrow. Right, definitely. Yeah. And I'll, I'll find that. I'll find that. I, I trust you all. Thanks. Thank you. So, uh, Kyle, where can they find you on social media? Uh, that's a great question. I am on Twitter. Um, I'm pretty sure my Twitter handle is SupFaust, F-U-S-P-F-A-U-S-T. Uh, that is correct. That is also the name of my Twitch channel, which I very rarely stream on, but I'm, I'm thinking about streaming like some Legacy Storm because it's, it's so much fun. Um, I watch in swoon. Ooh, my. All right. Well, sold me on that one, Chris Gay. Uh, so those are my primary uh, means of communication. I also uh, sometimes post articles on Pure MTGO, so you can find some of my articles up there. Chris K, where can they find you? Excellent. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well. I am at Tilted Musings, all one word, uh, T-I-L-T-E-D, Musings. Um, you can find me there, and uh, I mean that's, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, I, I used to stream as well. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll jump back on that boat as well. Um, Twitch uh, at tilted underscore musings mm. on Twitch. I had to get the underscore. It's very shameful. Yeah, bad beats. It is. So, um, well, I say this puts a bow on it. Yep. So thanks for everyone. Um, go ahead and uh, keep a lookout. Uh, like, subscribe, follow. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this should be on iTunes, and like, if it, I'm gonna put it on iTunes, um, and then you should be able to get it there. Excellent. That's what I was looking for. Yes. Get it on iTunes. Just do that. All right. Yeah. iTunes, everyone. Apple Apple owns the world. (laughs) If you have an Android, you can get it on, like, whatever. It all goes to the same place, right? (laughs) I guess. So, uh, yeah. Find us on iTunes. Uh, Keep a lookout for us next week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you all. Peace.